Have you ever wanted to be able to teach behavior and language in a way that is just fun? In a way that is easy and you can apply it to your everyday life, but there isn't the struggle. So often we think about what behavior we want to teach when the behavior has been bad or when the language isn't working. So today we're going to take out a common game you probably have in your house, and that is shoots and ladders. And I'd like to walk you through a way that you are able to utilize that game to be able to teach your kiddos about behavior and practice language with all the joy in place. Because really, we're just playing a game. And the characters are the people in the game. It's not about us. And in that context, your mind is calm, their mind is calm, and your brains can be ready to learn. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned, because In this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee, along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. This morning, I woke up to the sounds of a kitten crying. It was still dark outside and very early, so I grabbed a flashlight and went outside looking for the kitten that seemed to be right outside my window. And I found it. It was a black and white little kitty that was about 12 weeks old. He had found his way through a door that had been left slightly open in a small screened-in area. He could not find his way back out. When I got there, he was scared. He was jumping at every screen and bouncing off of them, and then jumping up again and climbing the screens. Finally, he noticed where my flashlight lit the path for him to get out, and then he bolted out the door. And I saw him run so fast, he he tripped over a, a little child swimming pool that was in the backyard, and he just kept on running with legs that seemed too long for his body. He met his goal. He was free. And now he could go do what he wanted to do. I've often been in the situation 
where parents want to be able to talk about the behavior that they want to change with their child, or they want to be able to help their child develop the vocabulary or the communication skills that are missing, but they're not sure how to do it. And they become like that little kitten. You try something and you bounce off the screen. And you try something else and you you bounce off another screen. Finally, you climb up another idea and then you fall from that idea. If this is where you're at in your life, like that little kitten, you are not alone. And that is what good coaching does. Good coaching will shine the light where it is that you want to go and give you the tools to get there. Tools that you'll be able to use for a lifetime, not just for this moment and this problem, but to be able to really give you what it is that you need as we go through this parenting journey. Parenting is one of the hardest jobs in the world. Get support. Get help. I know for me in my life, coaching has made a huge difference when I have chosen to hire a coach for various things that I'm working on. It makes all the difference, and I hope to make that difference for you. Email me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and we can have a conversation about what it is that you want to create in your family life. And also, if you would like, you can join the free Facebook community that you will find in the show notes below. All right, let's get started with the game of shoots and ladders. You are likely very familiar with this game, as if you didn't have it in your own childhood, you probably have it in your house, or maybe you had it in your classroom at school. This game has uh, a grid on it, a 10 by 10 grid, where you will get to 100. So of course you could use this game for counting, because you've got numbers. And that is often what I see parents do, is that they use it as a numbers game, and then maybe mention the pictures. But In my line of work, I do a lot more with the pictures, and I do a lot more with talking about the reasons why. So the skill conversations would be talking about the behavior that the child did and the language that goes with it. We can teach skills like, or understandings and concepts like what happens if, and cause and effect, and reasons why. As I make the assumption that you are indeed familiar with this game, I'm going to take some examples from the board and talk our way through them. So let's start off with number one. You have a picture of a little girl planting flowers and a ladder brings you to number 38 where she is putting flowers into a vase. How would we talk about this with our kiddos? Well, let's say our kiddos start right on number one. We could talk about what is she doing in number one. She's planting a flower. Have you ever planted a flower? Ah, yes. Remember when you got dirty in the dirt and we were playing with those seeds and we put water on them? Oh, there's her watering can. Examples like that to talk through and all about the picture number one. What happens when we plant the flowers? We ask our kiddos, and they may answer in all kinds of ways, and they might just have their eyes go right up the ladder and say, you put flowers in a vase. And then you say, there's a lot of steps between planting the flower and putting the flowers in the vase. What are some of those steps that you remember? 
And you can talk about the different steps of the remembering to water, the hard work of taking care of it. And for a child, that is hard work to remember to take care of it. So after you thoroughly talk about the pictures um, with joy, with happiness in you, as you are proud of this little girl that has done the planting of the flowers and the watering and and climbing the ladder all the way up to being able to have flowers that she has grown so that she can pick them and put them in a vase. Your conversations could be about diligence. It could be about remembering every day. I wonder what that little girl had to do in order to remember every day. Or whatever it is that the skill is that you are trying to get your child to learn. Let's go on and imagine that we land on number four, and we have a child that has a hard time following directions. Well, number four is a child that has to follow directions to make a cake. And you see a little girl looking at a recipe book, and she is stirring a package. Um, There's some milk and oil there, and, and she's making a cake. Your conversations with your child then, if you're trying to teach following directions, could be about how important it is to pay attention to the directions and to do steps one at a time and to double check to make sure you don't miss. Maybe you'll talk about how if she doesn't follow the directions, she doesn't have the outcome that she actually wants. And then you can relate it to your child. If you don't follow the directions in the Lego game, you simply won't get the spaceship that you're trying to make. It's just like this little girl making a cake. If she doesn't follow the directions, her cake won't turn out right, just like your spaceship. So these are a couple of ways that you can talk about the behavior it is that you are wanting to get from your child in a way that their brain can understand. Why can their brain understand that? It's because at that moment, they're going to be totally calm with you. And they're going to be looking at the people, the little characters in the game. And you and your child are talking about the characters in the game. And then you relate it to something in their life. But then you come back to this character in the game and keep talking about the characters. It helps your child not feel like he's in the bullseye of correction, but rather that He's learning through them, and then you can help him. You can shine the light on the relatable part, but then turn it right back to the characters. And it helps your child see what it is that you want. And when we are clear on what it is that we want, it gives our child the target to shoot for. It helps them know exactly what they're doing wrong without us saying, you're doing it wrong. Rather, this is where I do want you to go. Let's look at a third positive. On number 21, you see that the child is being gentle and kind to a dog. And when you climb the ladder to number 42, that dog is its friend. So in 21, the dog has an injury and the child is taking care of the injury. So there's kindness. We can talk with our children. Oh, this this puppy has an owie. And you're taking care of, this child is taking care of the owie. Look how gentle the child is being with that pet. And then 
where you can relate it to your child in their everyday world by saying, you know, when your pet is not behaving right or they are grumpy, they might have an owie. And if you're gentle with your pet, it will cause your pet to be loving towards you and want your attention more. So we can relate, again, what we see on this game board to what it is that you want your child to do, which is be gentle with your animals, which builds character in your children and certainly builds trust with that pet you have. Now, we have done three examples from this board where you can pick a behavior that you are wanting to teach and you might have to rig the game a little bit so that your child or you land on the right numbers. And if you rig the game a little bit, you might get rid of the dice or you might choose to use pieces of paper with numbers on them. Um, Sometimes Because these games have 100 squares, and in my speech therapy practice, I have 15 or 20 minutes to play a game. So I will make little pieces of paper. I just rip or cut some. And on those papers are the numbers that are the ones that I want to talk about. So for example, I will go through the game and I will pick all of the pertinent ladders and shoots that have conversation to them. Because of course, I was mainly driving language, but language is also talking about behavior. And the only numbers that my children would be able to pick would lead them to places where they would have to talk about the experience on the board. This does mean that you have to be flexible. But if you remember what your goal is, then you will set the game to make sure that it helps you get to your goal. And you can use these games, you have my full permission to change all the rules in the game so that you can find joy and use it as a learning tool. Just tell your child ahead of time what the rules are going to be, and then you both stick to the same rules. If you don't rig it somehow, it is quite possible that you would play the game and never have an opportunity to talk about the things you actually want to talk about. Another thing to note is that Shoots and Ladders has been such a popular game for so many decades that game makers have redone the game for learning piano or whatever it is that you want to use Shoots and Ladders for. There is a variety of games. My favorite of the game is still the original game because there's more detail in the pictures and there is more... Uh, Like the pictures are a little bit bigger where you can talk through the experience a little bit more. However, in the older version of the game, you might find things that are not pertinent to your life, such as there's a, a number 47, there's a little boy skating where it says no skating. So he's on a pond or something. And then he takes the shoot down where he's sitting in a puddle because he has fallen through the ice. Now, I don't know where you live and if that particular uh, picture would even be pertinent to your world. When I was a child, it certainly was for me because I lived in Minnesota where we would skate on lakes. But that's not maybe a pertinent picture to talk about where you live. I don't know. But whether it is or isn't, let's talk now about three shoots 
that would be C-H-U-T-E, like a slide, a shoot. Let's look at number 47 that I just talked about. And that was a picture of a little boy skating on a pond. I'm assuming it's a pond because there was water. And in that one, you could talk to your child about what happens if. Now, I love that sentence starter because it really causes your child to think. So you can say, what happens if this child is skating where he's not supposed to be? And pause. Let your child think. Help them find with their eyes as you drag your finger down the chute and they see that this child has broken through the ice and is sitting in the water. And you can talk with your child about, oh, there's a reason that rules are given. And for this case, whoever put that sign no skating, he didn't want the child to get hurt. He wanted the child to be safe. That's why he said, don't skate here. Because sometimes grown-ups know what children don't know. And that's why they give a rule. In picture 49, you see a little girl who's eating candy. A lot of candy. It looks like she ate the whole box of candy. And you follow the chute down, and you see her sitting next to an empty box of candy with a stomachache, and she's miserable. And this gives you an open door to talk about why we want our children to eat certain foods. What happens if you eat too much food that is really a treat? I wonder how long she'll be sick. Boy, I bet that candy was good. What do you think would be a smart number of candy? When you ask your children these things, it causes them to think about how it is that they can solve that problem when they're sitting there with temptation. And maybe it'll help them to be proactive and make good choices. And maybe they still need a lot of your guidance, which is why you can then say to them, this is what happens if we eat too much. See how sad that girl is? I don't want you to be sad and feeling like that. That's why I give you two pieces of candy, and that's your limit of this type of candy, because I don't want you to feel like her. And I limit you, my dear, because I love you. These are statements that you can make to help them understand why you have some restrictions on them. And again, we're talking about the characters in the game, making a little connection between their life, but then switching back to the character in the game. We'll talk about one third picture that is um, number 95. A little one has hit a ball and it has gone through a window, like hit a baseball through a window. And you see the chute goes down to where this little guy needs to empty his piggy bank and make right the error that he had done. So he is learning that he has responsibility. And the conversation with that one could be with your child teaching how when we make a mistake, we are responsible to make it right. Mistakes happen, and this is a bummer, but now we must make it right. And you can talk about that in relation to something that happened with your child that they have to clean up whatever it is that they had done or spend money to repair or whatever it is. And we can also talk about how, even though it was sad, nobody's mad at this little boy that hit the ball through the window. We understand accidents happen. and But that is a problem that needs to be solved. 
and we can teach our children that we don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed about our mistakes, but rather we just need to fix them. And sometimes we need help to fix them. So you can see that in that we are repairing the shame and the guilt and the bad feelings that the child has with, with our love and encouragement that, yeah, it's a bummer. And yes, you need to have the consequence, which is fix it, but it happens and I still love you. There are so many more scenarios in the game of Shoots and Ladders that I think that you will have a great time with conversation about these scenarios. I just picked three positives and three negatives to give you examples of how you might talk it through with your child, um, taking a guess what you might be working on because as parents, we all work on all of it all the time. So I'm cheering you on. Take care and I hope to see you in the Facebook group. And if you want to communicate with me, email me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.